0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the sixth Sunday of the Holy Great Fast. This is the last Sunday before Hosanna Sunday that we will celebrate um, next Sunday, God willing. And we read the story of the man who was born blind and his healing when the Lord Christ um, healed his, his eyesight. And even though when we read the story and we call it the Sunday of the man born blind, and typically we think of the person who was blind as being this man who was healed, There's actually a lot of people who are blind in this story. Um, And so we can kind of look at some of the different events that happen in this story and try to see what we can learn from these people who are blind. The first one obviously is the man himself right he is the first obvious um man who is blind and he was blinded by his nature right he 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 was born this way it was something out of his control it wasn't because of anything he had done and actually when the disciples asked the lord what is it that this man had done or what is it that his parents had done in order for him to have this affliction of blindness the lord said neither this man nor his parents sinned but that the works of god should be revealed in him so this physical malady that this man had was intended to glorify God. And so when we look at this man, even though he lived his entire life without being able to see, and you can imagine that this man who, who, who lived for very many, many, many years, not even understanding that there would ever be a time when he could see, not understanding what was the reason why that God allowed this, um, this sickness to be upon him. And many times we ask ourselves, why is it that God has allowed a sickness? Or why is it that God has allowed a certain trial that we experience? This man lived his whole life without knowing the answer to that question until this moment when the Lord said that this was for the glorification of God so that God could be glorified in him. So even though he was blind and yet he accepted this, this was his life, and then God came and he healed him. And we read about these kinds of trials in 1 Peter chapter 4 where St. Peter says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. That this man, his whole life and the sickness that he had was for the purpose of glorifying God, and whatever pain he experienced was for the purpose of glorifying God, whatever fear he experienced was the purpose of glorifying god and then this would be his cross to bear in his life so we learn from this man that god can use our entire life for his glorification our entire life can be as a testament of for the glorification of god to serve someone else and of course this man himself through this healing encounter that he had with the lord he himself believed and he himself his eyes were open not just his physical eyes but his spiritual eyes he could now have a purpose, have an understanding of his life. The kind of joy and the kind of um, happiness that this man would experience after he was healed was not simply the fact that he could now see that his eyes had been healed and he could see. But now he understood the reason for his whole life. You know, you can imagine someone who goes through so much suffering and doesn't understand why the suffering is struggles with feelings that maybe God has abandoned me, maybe God doesn't love me. Why is it that God doesn't heal me? And then now not only is this, you know, sickness removed from him, but now the doubt is also removed from his heart that he now knows that there was a reason all along and that God was with him all along and that God loved him all along. And so it was a great uh, act of like like bolstering his faith like increasing his faith, making him realize that he was an important part of the work of God all along. And actually now, thousands of years later, that we still read this story and we still learn from it and we still um, try to uh, extract benefit from it. So this is extremely important, right? This man who was blinded by nature, the one who people would look to and say, he was the one who was suffering and he was the one who was blind. Actually, after the story is done, he is the one who is not blind anymore. He is the one who is, who is actually the one who has received the complete healing, both the physical healing and the spiritual healing. The second main uh, characters in this story was the Pharisees. And they were also blinded, but they were blinded by their pride. Throughout all of Christ's ministry, the three years of ministry that the Lord was ministering to the people, he always had all of these encounters with the Pharisees, and the Pharisees never wanted to listen. The Pharisees never wanted to understand. The Pharisees all refused to believe that the message that the Lord came with was actually the truth. They refused to believe that he was the Messiah. They refused to believe even that he was a good man. They, they, they refused. They, they fought against everything that he had to say because they were so filled with pride and could never consider the possibility that they were wrong could never consider the possibility that the authority that they claimed to have was actually a false authority. And that, and that all that they were doing was enjoying the benefits of that authority in terms of that everyone, all the people would be submitting to them. And that's the only thing that they cared about. And oftentimes we are also blinded by our pride. We, we have a difficult time admitting when we are wrong. We have a difficult time apologizing. We have a diffi- very difficult time confessing. Because when I confess, I have to really look in myself and say, what are my flaws? What are my mistakes? What are my weaknesses? And we can see this pride in the, in the Pharisees when the man even, this man who was born blind, was now telling them, I, was, I am the man who was blind. You know, I, I am the man who was blind and now that I see. And he's having this conversation with the Pharisees, and the Pharisees do not want to believe that, that he actually was healed because they couldn't accept that this man, Jesus Christ, could possibly be able to do this kind of a miracle because they hated him. And so when the Pharisees are responding to the man, they say in, in verse 34, you were completely born in sins, and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. They refuse to listen. So they refuse to listen to Christ who was holy and committed no sin. And they refuse to listen to this man who was a sinner and he's a human being, right? And yet they refuse to accept the truth. In whichever way it came to them, the Pharisees refused to accept the truth. And so this is a, is a reflection of, of our society, right? We are in a society that refuses to, to believe the truth. There might be something completely obvious, completely obvious and true, and yet we look at it and we say, what? No, this is not true. This doesn't exist. There might be so much evidence for God in nature. There might be so much evidence that God is real and that, and that God loves and that God is the creator and yet we ignore such evidence. We don't want to look at this evidence. We don't want to consider it. We don't want to ponder it, right? We just want to shut our, our ears. It reminds me of the story when St. Stephen was giving his final sermon and before he was stoned. And and, and and it says what the Bible says, that the people, after hearing the words of St. Stephen, they could not bear to hear his words, and they actually had to stop their ears, like to cover their ears, because the truth was that painful for them to hear, that they refused to accept we sadly are living in such a place, we are living in such a society where, where the people are so refusing to, to even consider the possibility of this truth, this truth that we are preaching in the church. So what was the problem of the Pharisees? Number one is they had the love of glory of men more than the, glo- more than the glory of God. They, they, all they cared about was the reputation in front of people. They didn't care about how God saw them. They didn't care about what was actually right or wrong. All they wanted to do was protect themselves and only cared about what other people said. Another thing, another problem they had is they had no insight. They had no they had no sense of self. They didn't look at themselves objectively and say, "We have a problem. There is something about me that needs to change." They couldn't understand themselves or their motives, and this is part of being blinded by pride. And we sadly, fall into this as well. Sometimes we, when we look at ourselves, we do like what the Pharisees do, and we stop our ears. You know, it's like, I can't, I don't want to look at myself. When I look at myself, I find things that are troubling, and so I don't want to consider them. I want to believe like they don't exist, and I want to just go on with my life. Instead of looking at it from the perspective of, I really do have some big issues. I have some big problems that really do need addressing. But at the same time, I believe that the Lord can comfort. I believe that the Lord can heal, just like he healed this blind man. And so when I find these difficult things inside of myself, these painful things, my response, my reaction, should not be to run away from them. Instead, it should be, what positive thing now can I do? Now that the Lord has revealed to me something that needs to be addressed, what can I do? How can I, how can I improve? How can I be better? How can I confess? How can I, you know, change? To realize and to understand myself is the first step to healing and to repentance and to change. The third thing is that the, pro- the problem of the Pharisees is that they refused counsel. They didn't listen to anyone. It didn't matter who it was. They refused to listen. There was, there was no one who was their counselor. They considered themselves to be the highest authority no one could counsel them, not even God himself. And so they, they, they were trapped in this cycle of blindness. Nobody could bring them out because they were led by, by other people who were blind. It was a group of blind people who are trying to navigate in the world, and none of them know how to get anywhere. And so they remain in their blindness. And then finally, they avoid rebuke and exposure to the light of truth. They avoided anyone who was telling them the truth, and so they continued in their blindness to the end. The third kind of main group uh, that we read about in the story is the parents. The parents of the man who was born blind. The parents were not blinded by pride, and they were not blinded by nature, but they were blinded by their own fear. Though they knew for sure that this was their son, and though they knew for sure that he was blind, and now that they see that he had been healed, and they knew why he had been healed, but they wanted to preserve themselves and they were afraid of admitting what it is that they knew about their son, that he was healed by the Lord Christ. They didn't even come to his defense. They just said, go ask him. You know, we, 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 we know that he was blind and we know that he is our son, but we don't know how he was healed. Just go ask him. Why? Because they, they were afraid of being ostracized. They were afraid of being persecuted. They were afraid that they would be put out of the synagogue And they would be considered outcasts, just as their son himself had been outcast. And so they were afraid to admit the truth. Maybe we find ourselves in this position. Maybe we find ourselves that we know the truth, but we know that if we speak up, if we say something, then there'll be some negative consequence against us. If I stand for the truth, there'll be something negative. Maybe I'll be kicked out of something. Maybe I'll be insulted. Maybe everyone will point at me and reject me for what is it that I believe or what is it that I do. Exactly like the parents here. And because of their fear, they were paralyzed. They didn't know what to do, and so they did nothing, right? St. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. St. Paul, he lost everything for his mission, for his service to the Lord. And sometimes we are put also in a situation where we have to give up something in order to serve the Lord. We have to give up things that we watch. We have to give up things that we listen to. We have to give up relationships. We have to give up honor. We have to give up something that is important to us. Just as St. Paul says that he counts everything else in the world, world rubbish that he may gain Christ. Sometimes we cannot have it both ways that we live more and more in a wicked world in a world that hates what we believe and what we stand for. And for me to really stand and for me to really be de- defending my faith means more and more that I have to give up something, that I have to give up my comforts, that I have to stand before a group of people and tell them, this is what I believe regardless of how they see me, regardless of what they think of me. This is what I believe for, for many years. We have been able to kind of go under the radar so to speak that we've been able to have it both ways that i can still be a christian because christianity was more or less accepted in society christianity was seen as something that was okay you know i'm not i'm not necessarily offended by someone who's a christian and there were many christians now we find there is less and less and less christians and even the concept the idea of christianity might be considered by many people to be intolerable right for whatever reason And so for us to even admit that we are Christian, for us to even say I am a Christian, this might cost us something. It might even cost us a job. It might cost us reputation, right? And so this is really where we begin to ask ourselves, what is it that I believe? Do I believe like St. Paul believed? and He says, I count everything as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Nothing else matters other than that I gain Christ, that I live with Christ. We are called to leave everything behind that hinders us on our walk of salvation. Again, St. Paul says to the Philippians, I do not count myself to apprehend it, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. The things that await us in the kingdom of heaven, the things that await us being in union with Christ are far greater and more valuable than anything we leave behind. And this is what the parents of the man born blind didn't understand. They wanted to cling to their old life. They said, my old life is, is the best life and for that reason i can't give it up and i can't even give it up for the lord but the man who was born blind he was getting ready to enter a completely new life a life that is filled with the holy spirit a life that is filled with the power of god and his life that began with his healing and this is what we are embracing we want to embrace a life of healing a life of joy a life of holiness with the lord and not just clinging to what we have maybe what god is offering definitely what god is offering us is far greater than what we leave behind so finally we spoke about these three different groups of blind people there was the man who was born blind there was the pharisees who were blind and then there was the parents who are blinded by their fear but the lord says as long as i am in the world i am the light of the world he is the light and his light is what eliminates blindness so that even though we might struggle with blindness in one way or the other But if we admit that we are blind, if we realize that we are blind, just like this man, you know, in this story, the only person in the story that knew he was blind was the blind man. That man was the only one who knew. He's the only one who comprehended that he was blind. And for that reason, he was the only one who could receive healing from the Lord because he was willing to do what the Lord asked. The Lord said, go wash in the pool. He believed him. He could have said, what's the point of washing the pool? What's the point of putting mud on my face? This is a humiliation. Do you want to humiliate me more? Isn't it enough that I'm sitting here blind? And yet he did what the Lord asked him because he knew that he was blind and he was willing to do anything for healing. The, the, the parents, they didn't realize they were blind. They just wanted to protect themselves. The Pharisees, they didn't realize that they were blind. They just wanted authority. So if we really want to have healing from the Lord, If we want to be exalted by the Lord, if we want to be glorified with the Lord, then we look at ourselves and we find where it is that I am blind and we will receive healing from God because he is the light of the world and he illuminates our path and glory be to God forever. Amen.